0: If you're joining us online today, by the way, it's great to have you with us in that capacity. Whether you're online or in the church today, I invite you to consider a little science this morning. Let's talk about science. Now, if you're not a math and science person, I ask you to just bear with me. I don't pretend to be a scientist or a physicist or anything like that. But there are some really basic concepts that we can understand that are important to our faith, actually, because science is teaching us more and more about the wonders of our universe, and in turn, about the wonders of God. As scientists study the physics of the world around us, they discover just how fragile life is and how differently the universe could have been. As it turns out, the universe is fine-tuned, fine-tuned from its first moments to support life. So life is so precious and sacred to us from conception to natural death. Most scientists agree that our universe began with an event that we call the Big Bang, which happened some 13 billion years ago, give or take a couple billion years. All the matter and energy that make up the universe was densely packed into a small area that exploded sending that matter and energy flying in all directions. The universe has been expanding at a rapid rate ever since. Now, at the moment of the Big Bang, we have identified some 20 universal constants that came to be. These universal constants are the laws that govern physics. If any of these constants had been just a few percentage points different, the universe would not exist as we know it, and we certainly would not be able to experience and support life as we know it. For instance, if what the scientists call the gravitational constant had been just a few percentage points different, the universe would have collapsed in on itself. On the other hand, if the constant we call the weak force constant had been just a few percentage points different, the universe would have been unstable with matter continually exploding. The remarkable fact is that the values of these constants of physics seem to have been finely adjusted to the minutest detail to make possible the development of life. How can we explain the fine tuning of the universe? it's highly unlikely that it could have happened by chance. The fact that the universe exists at all and that it follows certain rules points to an intelligent life or an intelligence that created and designed it. The existence of the universe, in fact, points us to God. Today's first reading speaks to us about this. There's a wisdom through which God created the universe. Remember that first reading spoke about wisdom like a person. It is seen in how majestic and beautiful the world is around us, this wisdom through which God created the universe. It can be glimpsed in the harmony of the planets as they follow their orbits. We see it in a sun that gives us light and an earth that brings forth plants and supports an incredible variety of life an incredible variety of beings. All of this points to a wise creator. All of this points to God. And if the vastness and order of the universe do not convince us of God's existence, there's another reason for us to consider that the world was designed by a wise creator. You, you and I are that reason. You and I are so different than any of the other animals on our planet despite how much we love our doggies and kitties, none of them come close to matching our intelligence. None of them come close to being able to speak or being able to build things as complex as we build. Even the most intelligent of animals and chimpanzees and dolphins are guided by nothing else than their instincts for survival and to reproduce. Human beings, on the other hand, have free will. Free will. We're not only concerned with having enough to eat, but with having meaning in our lives. We search for meaning in our lives. Though we have the same instincts for survival and reproduction that other animals have, we can control those impulses by the use of our reason. And unlike any other animal on the planet, we seek beauty. Beauty. We seek truth truth. We seek goodness. Goodness. Today's responsorial psalm invites us to celebrate this wonderful truth, to celebrate life and creation in all of its magnificence. Unlike any other animal, we are made in the image and likeness of God. We are made, that psalm says, little less than the angels. All the other animals on the planet have been put under our feet. God has given us the highest place of honor in the universe, even over the moon and the stars. If the universe is a great and vast place, and if we human beings are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalm says, how great must be the God who created us. Today, as we celebrate the feast of the most holy trinity, we recognize that the God who created us is not just some distant impersonal force out there. God is a being. God is a person. Three persons, as a matter of fact, in one God. Such a God doesn't desire to be out there, transcendent, totally transcendent, and totally distant from you. This is a God who wants a life with you. This is a God who wants a relationship with you. And that relationship is exemplified in the Trinity, in how these three persons react within one God. God's this family of persons, if you will Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who together form one God. Together, they are the creator of the universe. Without beginning and without end, they exist. They exist together as one God in a relationship of profound love. God the Father pours out his essence, pours out his very being into the Son, who receives it and gives it back again in the Holy Spirit. If you remember in the Gospel of John, when we hear that Jesus breathes his last on the cross, it says he expires, breathes out the Spirit. So the Father pours himself out into the Son who comes to live with us and the Son pours himself back out into the Father through this profound love that we call the Holy Spirit. The incredible reality is that this God who is three persons wants to share his life with us on that level, that depth. So how should we respond? For after all, we are made in his image and likeness so that we can be part of the family of love that God is. That's why the second person of the most holy trinity became a man and came into the world to reveal to us God's loving plan. God's loving plan, which is to unite us to himself. And all of this is accomplished through God the Holy Spirit, who is the very love of God poured out into our hearts as St. Paul told us in that second reading today how should we respond? How should we respond then to this God who created the universe with all its wonder? What should we say to God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and who made us in his very image and likeness? What should our attitude be to this God who is far beyond our complete understanding but who nonetheless wants to share his very life with you? well, we should stand before him in awe. We should raise our hearts to him in praise. We should offer God our very lives in return as he offers his life to us. It's impossible for us to fully understand the mystery of the Trinity. However, it is all summed up in the fact that we worship one God who is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are all God while remaining distinct persons. The Father is God, but the Father is not the Son. The Son is God, but the Son is not the Father. The Holy Spirit is God, but the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. It's that simple. And yes, it's that complex. But how could it not be complex? when we consider how great and mysterious the universe God created and how glorious you and I are created to be. With these things in mind, I encourage you to place yourself before God in awe. Raise your heart in praise. Offer your life to God as he offers his life to you.